So that denial turned into instant anger. And, and I think if we get to today and what the athletes are feeling, they're probably feeling the same sort of thing, or they felt the same thing rather. You know, there's that denial, like there's no way they're gonna postpone the Olympics. There's no way that's gonna happen. Welcome to Champions Mojo Weekly Podcast, where your hosts Kelly Palace and Maria Parker share with you what it takes to be a champion. Kelly is a former Division I head swim coach, Olympic trials qualifier, and holds Masters World and National Swimming Records, and Maria holds world records in endurance cycling, and was the overall women's winner of the world's toughest bike race, Race Across America. They'll be sharing their personal stories and wisdom, along with interviewing other champions to give you the tools you need for becoming a true champion in your own life. And now, your host, Kelly Pallas. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast, where I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hey, Kelly. How are you today? Doing great. Maria, with us today is a man that needs no introduction, the legendary Rowdy Gaines, three-time Olympic gold medalist, International Swimming Hall of Fame member, ESPN and NBC Sports swimming analyst for seven Olympic Games and many, many other swim meets. Rowdy knows a thing or two about postponing one's dreams, which is what we're going to be talking about today in these historic times and the postponement of the 2020 Olympics. We think this is a topic that will resonate with many of our listeners today. That's right, Kelly. As an athlete in peak form in 1980, when Rowdy's Olympic dreams were canceled by the boycott, he pushed through four more years until 1984, which was thought to be crazy back then. But Rowdy trained for another four years and won three Olympic titles. We'll hear about that from Rowdy about this and his take on this unprecedented time in the swimming community. So let's welcome Rowdy to the show. Rowdy, welcome to Champions Mojo. Welcome, Rowdy. Thank you so much, Kelly, Maria. Great to be on with you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Rowdy, uh, you know, I w I'm not kidding. You're going to laugh at this. I was doing a meditation and you're, you being on the show again came to me as the perfect person to interview in this time because you were in 1980, you were at the top of your, your swimming game and you, this is written up in your book, which Rowdy Rising, which is great if people haven't read that, but to just hear from you kind of, you know, verbally in a podcast, I think it's a great story. Can you just talk about, you know, what 1980 was for you and how you felt and what you did when those games were canceled? Well, Kelly, it's, uh, it, it, it's a long time ago. 40 years is a long time but it still resonates with, with me and a lot of other people. Fortunately, I had my day in the sun, so to speak, because, because I had 1984. There were 336 athletes that made the 1980 Olympic team that did not make it in 76 and did not make it in 1984. So for me, those are the real heroes. It's, it's, it's a little apples and oranges as far as what is happening today. But the empathy and the sympathy I feel for them is just as strong. You got to remember that for us, this was something that was completely taken away. I mean, this was not something that was postponed. So there's a big difference in the word postpone and boycott. Uh, not that it doesn't take the sting off 
the postponement that we're going through right now. But for us, it was something that was permanent, at least from a four-year cycle instead of a one-year um, delay. So it was, uh, it was a really tricky time because you got to remember that, and you know this, uh, as a swimmer, the pinnacle of success for us is the Olympics. We don't have a World Series or Super Bowl. That's every year. So if you miss it one year, you get to, you get a chance to go the next year. And of course, we didn't have that in 1980, and that's what made it so devastating. So you said you definitely had your year in the sun, which was 1984, but when it was canceled in 80, you had no idea that you were going to go four years more and win three golds. What, what was your mindset when it was canceled and you were on top of the world then and and knew you'd have to go even even for the swimmers that have to go another year were there some you know lessons that you learned or advice you could give for people that are even looking at one more year and i'd like to even know like do you remember the moment that you learned the boy the the olympics would be boycotted and what what went through your mind yeah maria yeah i i did in in fact um we started hearing rumblings about it in December of 1979. I'm taking you way back, but December of 79, you have to remember, obviously we didn't have the type of news sources that we uh, have today as far as instant news. This was literally, literally reading about it in the newspaper or watching the nightly news uh, every evening. So we started hearing about the fact that if the Russians didn't, um, stop their invasion of a country uh, called Afghanistan, ironically, then the, the United States would uh, consider boycotting the Olympics, which was supposed to have been held in Moscow back then the Soviet Union, what we now know as Russia. But the initial feeling, getting back to your question, Kelly, was complete denial. So that for that first three months, there was no way they were going to cancel the Olympics, or at least for us, cancel those Olympics, right? You just, you never thought in a million years they would do something that dramatic. And so the, that, that three month period, I had my nose to the grindstone and just training every day, you know, and thinking that this was going to be, you know, my year, 1980 was my best year of swimming on paper anyway. Uh, I was world swimmer that of the year that year, and I, I broke two world records. So my times that year would have won five gold medals. Anything could have happened, obviously, but I, 80 was my best year. So for the next three months, I was really training very hard. The announcement came, and back to your question, Maria, was literally April 1st, 1980, April Fool's Day. Uh, and uh, the president of the United States announced that we would officially boycott those Olympic Games. and. Uh, so that denial turned into instant anger. And, and I think if we get to today and what the athletes are feeling, they're probably feeling the same sort of thing, or they felt the same thing rather. You know, there's that denial, like there's no way they're gonna postpone the Olympics. There's no way that's gonna happen. And then, and then you get angry. You get angry that that's something like that's going to be taken away from you. But then you start to come to accept it. And that's what happened with me. I, I came to accept the decision. And today, I think that acceptance is much stronger than it was for me because I was really against the decision. And I think the decision obviously was made 
for all the right reasons today. I mean, obviously. Anyway, long answer to your short question was after the after the acceptance turned into motivation. And back again to that second part of your question, Kelly, was the fact that I think the very best, if you love what you do, and people ask me all the time, what was the number one reason why you want a gold medal? And I tell them every single time it was because I loved to swim. I loved it. I loved going to practice consistently, not every day, not every minute, but consistently I loved what I did. And if the athlete feels the same, if that swimmer feels the same, then this year is going to fly by really fast. I love that. I love that. I know you still love swimming. And I know last time we talked to you, you swim, you swim, swam every day. So what, what are you doing today? Are you swimming? I wish we uh, had video right now because I'd I'm sitting um, right by my pool in my backyard. So yes, I am swimming in my 30 foot, 29 foot pool. Um, <laughs> I do not have a band or anything like that. I used to have an endless pool, which was awesome. I love my endless pool um, for many reasons, but most importantly that I could go out in my backyard and swim in my endless pool on any given day. And it was, it was wonderful. But I don't have one. We have one at work at the Y that I work with, but I don't have one in my new pool because we just moved about a year ago. But I swim. I swim in it every day, 30 feet long. And and your YMCA is closed, completely closed. Yeah, yeah. All of our Ys are closed. We, I, I um, vice president of aquatics for the YMCA here in, in Orlando, and we have 26 Ys. And uh, yeah, all of them are closed. So... I, you know, I always think of you at the the spring time of year, and I was particularly thinking of you this year after the postponements and the cancellations. So I know that in a Olympic year, an an Olympic year, you go from doing conference championships to double NCAA championships to doing other, you know, pro meets, and then you meld into the Olympics and you were going to be on the road literally, I don't know, probably 40 weeks out of 52 weeks this year. Yeah. And yep. now you're home. So I'm like, how are you doing, Roddy? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just talking about it before we went on air and the fact that I'm, I'm really starting to go nuts, you know, um, <laughs> listen, it, it, we keep it all relative, you know, it, it's, listen, we are in a situation where, we're all in this together. The, the entire planet is right now one big family. I mean, I know there's bickering back and forth between political parties and all that, but really when it's all said and done, we're all in this together. And that's why that's a big difference in the boycott because there were a lot of countries that did attend the Olympic games. And so, yeah, I, I'm used to being around people. Um, I travel quite a bit for swimming and other reasons. And uh, I love, love, love my my work at the YMCA. And uh, uh, so I'm 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 a real people person. And that's been that's been very difficult. The great thing about that, though, is my people now are my family. As my wife and one daughter are home with me now, so it's a get it's a great chance to reconnect with them. And I FaceTime my other daughters. I have three other daughters and, and three granddaughters. So uh, a lot of FaceTime almost every day with, with each one of them. So that, that part has been really very sweet. 
but we're all in this together, you know, every single one of us. And that's why I think next summer is going to be the most spectacular Olympics in history. Oh, I love that attitude. I, I, I can't help thinking though, that, you know, it is, it is different, as you said, apples and oranges between this delay and the cancellation of the 1980 Olympics, but what's happened and, you know, we would discuss this on a previous show, they've moved the finish line for these swimmers who were getting ready to peak at a certain time. And I think this happens for all of us who, you know, if you have a goal and you think you're going to be doing something for a certain amount of time and you're, you know, you've got your schedule down and then all of a sudden you look up and somebody said, Nope, you got to keep on going for another 12 months uh, or, you know, or whatever, you know, what, what encouragement do you have? I mean, I know this must be happening in your career as well. What encouragement do you have for, for those swimmers particularly? Well, Maria, I, I know exactly what you're saying, and, and you are so right. That as a swimmer, you, you, at that level anyway, you, you become hyper-focused, ultra-focused uh, with this tunnel vision on trying to accomplish that goal because, again, the Olympics is so far apart that an athlete's life can come and go in a span of four years. So there's this... Um, there's this this pointing to this goal, as you said, and really you kind of just eat, breathe, and live swimming, eating, sleeping, and for some school, and, and pretty much that's it. Um, and that is devastating when that's completely taken away. At least I was able to swim. Most of these athletes, you can't even do that anymore. So, you know, everything was completely taken away from them. I will say that they're together, everybody, it was taken away from everybody. So it's not like you're this island. You are in this with this, and I'm just speaking on, on behalf of swimming because that's pretty much all I know. Um, you're, you're in this together with this swimming family. And if you think about swimming and and again i know it best it is like a family so these these little brothers and sisters and my older brothers and sisters whether the olympic brothers or sisters or my swimming brothers and sisters the good news is is uh we're, we're doing this together we're going through this this uh, very tragic time in in our history together and i think my advice would be to sit back, take a deep breath, appreciate your good health and well-being, appreciate your family. And then that saying, this too shall pass, is going to happen. There's no doubt in my mind that we are going to come back from this. I, I really believe that, that this is, this is going to pass and we're going to be better people from it. My, and I'll say one more quick thing. So we, we go through these peaks and valleys in life, right? So the champions I have found in, in, in my sport, in swimming, are the ones that can live through the peaks. That's the easy part, right? So easy living through those going best times and winning gold medals and blue ribbons, et cetera, et cetera. The valleys are, though, define us. I really believe the valleys define the kind of person you become in your life. Um, because I learned a lot more from the valleys than I did the peaks. I didn't like the valleys, but I learned from them. And, uh, and this is a valley. This is a big valley. And I, I think 
you're going to be better. I know it's a bit cliche-ish and corny, but you're going to be a better person because of this. That is really, really gold. I mean, I just, I love that. And I think the idea of just knowing that it is, there is going to be an after. Maria and I did a, a little COVID-19 show the first week, everything got canceled. And that's what we said. There is going to, there's, there's going to be an after. The, the, the population within the swimming community that, you know, I, I have the most history with and that I feel the worst for, and I don't know, I just love to hear your thoughts and, and maybe any, any advice or ideas for these NCAA seniors that were poised to, you know, win a title or win the first ever title for a team or, you know, win a, do a four-peat or, you know, just that will never, that's not postponed, that's canceled. What are your thoughts on the NCAA? Well, it's, it's, it's terrible. It, it's, it's, uh, it's tragic because there's nothing like your senior year in college as, as a student athlete. Uh, it, it's a joyous time because you feel this leadership quality in you. I mean, I was voted team captain my senior year. So you feel like you're on top of the world as far as being that leader. Um, you stop being a follower in many senses in many ways, uh, and you become this leader. And to have that swept away, at least at the very end for those swimmers, uh, I'm just talking swimming for a lot of the athletes, that's very tough. For, for swimming, you did get to experience most of what that year is all about. And for me, I think I learned, again, I don't wanna to get too corny here, this sounds stupid, but, um, I learned a lot more about the journey I took to my Olympic path than I did the actual winning of the gold medal. Does that make sense? So I learned about myself and about the values of that journey a lot more than actually winning the values of dedication and commitment and responsibility and teamwork and setting goals. And that's what they got to experience their senior year. They, they, they literally got to experience that. Um, it just didn't come into fruition at the end. So down the line, not now, obviously, and they're all laughing at me now, those seniors in college, but down the line, they're going to appreciate the journey of their senior year and what it taught them and it's going to take the sting off. It's not going to solve the, the heartache, but it, it'll take the sting off eventually because of the many, many things they learned um, the senior year in college. I, I just going to ask I, what I think is a hard question is like, you know, what do you learn from not getting to experience your greatest moment in your, <laughs> your sports? I mean, you know, I, I think, I agree with you. And Kelly and I have often said this, of course, you learn more from disappointments and failures than you do from successes. But but I think there's people right now sitting there going, that's just garbage. That's just garbage. Tell me what I'm <laughs> right. learning from from missing NC2A. You know, tell me tell me what I'm learning from that. <laughs> that's a big but, isn't it? Uh, for sure. Uh, you definitely say, what? Are you kidding me? And there's really, I, I wish I could be wax on poetically here. And make them all feel better about what's happening to their lives right now. But there's nothing. I got nothing. 
And I mean that, <laughs> in, and I mean that in a uh, very sincere way because I think it's okay to be vulnerable. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's healthy to be vulnerable and have these feelings of, of disappointment and anger and frustration. It's okay. <laughs> I, I don't think you, I don't think you should go on and not feel those feelings because uh, they're natural. And again, for me, I, I, I just have to say that in 1980, it was so difficult. And I went through such a, a period of, of real depression because of the fact that my whole life kind of revolved around swimming and, and trying to reach that ultimate goal of becoming an Olympian. Because the great thing about being an Olympian is once you're an Olympian, you're an Olympian forever and ever. There's no such thing as a past Olympian. So I felt an emptiness in 1980 and really wanted to try to achieve the goal of not being a ghost Olympian, so to speak, uh, which was uh, something that I think we all felt in 1980. And so for those athletes that are suffering through that moment right now, then you just have to push the reset button. I mean, there's, there, because there's nothing else you nothing else you can do. I mean, and and when I say reset button, it obviously doesn't mean that you get another year of swimming, but you get it. You have the your whole life ahead of you. <laughs> I mean, you're 20 years old. You're 21 years old, and you know you have this entire life in front of you, uh, where uh, you're going to make a mark. Um, because my belief is we are all put on this earth for a very specific purpose. Uh, and I don't know what that purpose is for each individual. Maybe my gravestone will read Rowdy Gaines dash swimmer. And I'm okay with that. Um, I'm hoping it's a lot more than that, that I was a good father and a good husband and good son and a good friend, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you, you really have to take a look at yourself and figure out how you're going to reset. Um, and, and otherwise, boy, it's, it's tough to try to tell. I have a 20-year-old daughter. You know, she's not a senior and she wasn't a, uh, in athletics, but I can't imagine going to my daughter and having that talk to her. So right now, you just have to kind of lay back, guys, and let them soak this in and let them be vulnerable and to make sure you communicate to the people that you love the most about the frustration you're feeling. I think, I think, yeah, I think that's the takeaway. I think the takeaway is to embrace this trauma that's happened to them. They have lost, and I think they need to go through that, the grieving process. They lost their senior year. They lost that one shot. You know, the, you know, I'm heavily involved in the ACC, and I, I've said this before, but I, I really, truly believe that the University of Virginia women would have won the NCAA title. I think they would have won some individual titles that they had never won. I think NC State women were going to win a couple of, maybe a couple of relays or one and some individual titles. That So those two teams did not shave and taper those women for ACCs. So, um, so I think they, you know, there are tons of swimmers in those in that same boat all over from you know, USA swimmers to pro swimmers to all kinds of swimmers. So but that's just the example I use of watching those two teams very closely. And I think they just need to embrace that loss and, and go through the steps of anger and depression and then and then reset and say, okay, 
you know, in the grand scheme, I love the, um, there's a personal development thing where you, you look at the end of your life and you say, what do I want the end of my life? What do people, what do I want people to say about me? This is going to be a small thing. Like you said, the blip when they're 20 years old right now, it's huge. I think I, I, I would just add to that, that I think for me personally, and I imagine it's this way for others, you know, you were, you had a certain goal, uh, something that was going to happen for me. I'm working, I was going to build a house, you know, and, and I feel guilty even thinking about the fact that I don't get to have my new house. You know, I don't, I'm whining in my head and every time I have that whine, I feel guilty because as you said earlier, you know, we're all in this together. There's a lot more, you know, suffering going on out there. And, and I imagine that's true for, for lots of people, you know, whatever was going to happen this April, you know, for you and, and, you know, and if you're like many of our listeners, you are goal oriented, it's not going to happen or it's going to happen differently. And, you know, and I, I, I realized when I woke up this morning that it was okay <laughs> to feel bad about that. And, you know, and, and still recognize that it's small in the grand scheme of the world and my life and everything else. So I, I hope people see it that way. It's okay, as you said, to be authentic, but it's also, you know, you got to eventually got to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No doubt about it. So Rowdy, in, in thinking about the after, which is always a happy thing to know that like right now, you know, we, we, we were talking about, is there anything worse when you were a swimmer than when a coach said, we're going to do some, 200s and you you know you're like on number nine and then you hit number 11 and you don't know how many you're doing so um we're in we're in that kind of zone where we're about halfway through the quarantine is it going to end in two weeks is it going to be extended for another two weeks so we're we're in that zone but there will be an after so as the director of of the ymca's over central florida what uh what do you see as a future for kind of reopening and what you think the future of swimming and swim meets looks like in the next year well i mean i think our sport our governing body usa swimming is the strongest governing body in the country um i believe in its leadership i think tim henchy mike unger are simply amazing leaders uh, I love what they're doing um, now. They were swift in their decisions. Uh, Tim was one of the first, if not the first, um, to uh, make that plea to the IOC that the best thing to do was to uh, postpone the Olympic Games. So they'll be the first back to make sure everybody's okay, you know, uh, because uh, everybody will be. And, um, you know, I, I I don't know this to be true, but I've heard this, that every day you're out of the water, it takes about a half of a day to get the feel for the water back again. Does that make sense? So, mm -hmm. you you know, you know, you're you're it's going to. So if you're out of the water for two weeks, it's going to take you about a week to even begin to feel the water again. So if let's say they're out of the water for two straight months, then it's going to take about a month. To get back into it and 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 a month may seem like an eternity but it's really not you know because i i'm a, i'm assuming that most of these swimmers especially the ones that had qualified for the olympic trials or for, for any big meet um coming up 
they're staying active. They're not just sitting on their butts. Um, I'm sure a lot of them are doing some sort of uh, aerobic or active training at home. Uh, and uh, so it's not going to take long for them to get that feel back for the water and be back to full strength. Now, it may be the end of the summer before that happens. And that means kind of a summer's wiped off the map as far as big meats go. But they'll be right back at it in the fall and they'll build a nice little base this summer, which I think is going to happen. And let's say they don't go back swimming until June 1st, then uh, they've got that summer to kind of build the base back again and get ready for a great 2021. That's so encouraging. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. What, what, what do you think all these swim coaches are doing that have not had a day off in a hundred years yeah, and they go right? double? Like, what do you think they're doing? I bet they're going oh crazy. my gosh! They, uh, I, I'm sure they're uh, coaching their their kids or uh, their husband or wife, and say, "Okay, okay, let's go on 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 the top, we'll run around the house five times." Ready? <laughs> hey, Rowdy, I have to ask you, as a clearly uh, you know a person who does stays really really busy and travels a lot, what's the hardest part of the quarantine for you? Oh boy, that's a great question, Maria. I think the hardest part for me has been outside of not being able to personally see my daughters, that my three daughters that are not, well, I have one that lives in Orlando. I've seen her once. Um, she came over and we social distance in the, in the driveway. Outside of not seeing my other two daughters and my three granddaughters really is walking out on that deck every afternoon at the Rosen YMCA Aquatic Center and seeing two or 300 kids in the water. And I would literally just go sit up in the bleachers and watch those kids swim. Not every day, but most days I would be out on the deck. And we had a lot of sports going on. We have water polo and synchronized swimming and diving, underwater hockey. We had it all. And it, it, we have a 50 meter pool and a dive well. So we had whole pool was in action. And, and I really miss that the most. I miss seeing that on an on a, a, a almost daily basis. And Maria, on that exact same note, I was going to ask Rowdy, what lessons have you learned from this quarantine, Rowdy? Well, one of the biggest lessons is to put your, it really helps put has put my life in perspective as far as health and well-being. I did go through a health scare a long time ago, almost 30 years ago, in 1991, summer of 91, I had Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a neurological disorder that strikes your nervous system. So I was literally paralyzed and spent about, oh, I guess it was about six months in the hospital. But I think at that time when I got out, it, it helped me appreciate my health. But over time, that dissipates a little bit. You know, I mean, you, you become to take those things for granted again. And I think for me, especially seeing the, the suffering that is going on and so many, so many deaths and, and our healthcare workers and health, uh, healthcare providers and our first responders going through what they do, uh, it's really helped me again uh, to appreciate my good health and, and my well being. And yeah. and also to and also to tell you what else, Maria and Kelly, is the fact that I really 
and I hate even saying this, but admitting this, but I, I did not appreciate our healthcare providers, our healthcare workers as much as I do now. So I think that's one thing that's really helped a lot in the fact that, yeah, this is tough for them now, obviously with the coronavirus, but they kind of live this life almost every day, right? So for them, they're heroes, man. They're real, real live heroes. Yeah, that's great. It's really nice yeah. to hear. That is that is beautiful, beautiful stuff. Well, Rowdy, I I have gotten so much out of this. I always do whenever I talk with you, and and you know, I'm just so grateful for you being on the show. And I'm sure that you have inspired and help some people out there and there will be an after and you know what we'll we'll get you on a third time and we'll talk about <laughs> you know about yeah. how how everything is great maria and i just yeah. did a sh- our, our last show we did a happy headlines for the future yeah and one of one of the things we wrote was 2021 u.s olympic swimmers win the most medals in history and so we did we just yeah we just wrote a happy headline so we'll We'll reconvene and, and uh, talk about the the great things that are um, that we're going to learn out of this and, and go forward. And Maria, do you have anything else for Rowdy before we let him go? No, I just want to thank you for your encouragement and reminder, you know, that we I think one of the fa- my favorite things that you said was just to remind us that we're all part of a community. We're all in this together. And that's a that's a great feeling. It's a, It's a great reminder that we're not alone, even though you can sort of feel like what's going on in your head is the only thing in the world. (laughs) Everybody, you know, and all the swimmers everywhere, all over the world are doing the exact same thing. So that's wonderful. Thank you for that reminder. Uh, Thank you. And you're right, Maria. And the fact that we're in this together, that's why I think Japan next summer is going to be so wonderful because the Olympics is the epitome of humanity coming together. And uh, so can you imagine what it's going to be like next summer? Because we're all suffering through this right now. It's, it's, that's why I think it's going to be the, the greatest Olympics ever. It'll be a celebration. That's for sure. It will. No doubt. No doubt. I love it. Well, Rowdy, we will see you on a pool deck soon. I swear. <laughs> Thank you, Rowdy. I appreciate right. it, Kelly. Take care, Maria. <laughs> Thank right, you. Bye-bye. Bye. Takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. We've heard from you that your favorite section of our podcast is the takeaways. Thank you so much for that feedback. But before we get to the takeaways today, we wanted to ask you if you would please give us a five-star review. That way, more people will be able to find our podcast. Also, if you could subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, you'll never miss a podcast episode if you subscribe. And please share our podcast with your friends. And now, the takeaways. Well, Maria, our favorite part of the show, I just, I got to say, I just love Rowdy. I mean, he's just so, he's just such a hard worker and he's so wise. He's authentic. He's just authentic. He's He's, all of that. His goodness shines through, doesn't it? He's good. He is so, he's such a great person. Gosh. Great Uh, interview. A great interview. He had some really, really, I feel so much better after talking with Rowdy. Do you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Maybe I mean, we can keep him in our closet for the days we feel down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just like, he's just very up. And I, I'm going to start with my first takeaway, which is what made me okay. feel better. He just said so emphatically, we are all going to come out of this better. 
And, you yeah. know, when someone like Rowdy says that, and he said, we're going to have the best Olympics we've ever had. We're going to have great swimming. We're going to have better, you know, just better things. We are all going to come out of this better. So I, that was my first takeaway, just that there will be an after. He said, what was his exact words? Um, he said it was some, he said it might have been cliche and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the words, but it was that we'll get through it and that, you know, basically that which doesn't kill us makes it stronger kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I love that he's just emphatically saying that everything is going to be okay. And I think that that means a lot coming from Rowdy Gaines. As he said, you know, it's been 40 years, you know, for since his, since his missed Olympics, he's seen a lot. He's been around the block. He, if he says it's going to be better, I believe him. I'm, I'm following Rowdy Gaines on this. Absolutely. So that's, I think that's really nice to hear from um, sort of the, the leader, a leader in the sport. Yes. How about your so, first takeaway? Yeah. Uh, my first takeaway, which I just loved, I kind of closed my eyes when he said it, this idea of, you know, I, I think of these swimmers sitting alone in their bedrooms grieving, <laughs> you know, but they're not. You know, I, we, we learned after the show that he's been zooming in with some different teams, which I love the idea of him, you know, encouraging different teams around the country. But um, I love this idea. He said, we're all in this together. And that is so true. You know, we might be separated, but we're the whole world is doing the same thing. All the swimmers plus all of, you know, every one of us is trying to keep this virus from spreading. We're all in this together. And there's something really, really consoling to me about feeling like I'm part of the team. So that was a great takeaway for me. Yes, that definitely, that was part of what made me feel good to know. It's, it's just so much easier when, when you know other people are going through it. So I love yeah, that one too. Yeah, it's a shared burden. A shared burden. And my second takeaway was that it's the, that in life we all have peaks and valleys. And when he said, you know, handling the peaks is easy. But the champions know how to handle the valleys. And I, I like, you know, as, as a show entitled Champions Mojo, to me, that was just like, oh, that, that should be engraved in stone that, you know, the champions know how to handle the valleys. So this is a valley, you know, we, we've, we're in a valley. How are you going to look back on this quarantine this pandemic how did you respond like the champion that you are and i just i i love that that your valleys define you not your peaks and that you learn more and actually gain more from your valleys so i just like i said in the show gold yeah i couldn't agree more and i think that sometimes when we're in the valley we don't know it <laughs> and but i can look back on my valleys and see yeah, I, th those were what changed me and I think made me uh, the person that I am today. And so, uh, yeah, I think absolutely it is. The peaks feel good, but they don't make you. They don't make your yeah. character. You're right. Yes. So my second takeaway, which I really, really loved because we've been thinking and following this and all we think about is is illness, really. Um, you know, every little cough, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, gosh. But what he said, which I love and I think is a great way to to sort of end the show is we have our health. It makes you appreciate 
we can get up and we can, you know, I can run and I can work out and I can take care of my husband. And I, 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 it makes me appreciate my good health today. And you can, you know, if you don't have your health, it's, it's, it's cliche, but you really don't have anything you, you know, and we have our health. Most of us, most of us listening to this podcast have our health and we can never forget. That's a beautiful gift. Yes. Yes. That was great. And, and I'm just a little, I've done my two, but just tagging on that. He also said he, he, um, is so much more appreciative of the healthcare workers. Oh out yeah. There, that was, that was nice. I to loved, hear. I love that yeah. too. So, well, another, another great interview with Rowdy Gaines, just a, one of the stellar humans on the planet that we have the, the good fortune of having had on our show. So, yeah. Thank you, Kelly, for inviting me. And thank you. Thank you for, for, um, for the show today. Love you very much. Yep. Love you too, Maria. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This week's quote of the week comes to us from Rowdy Gaines. We're all in this together. And I think that next summer is going to be the most spectacular Olympics in history. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast designed to make you feel inspired, motivated, and educated. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Also visit championsmojo.com to learn more.